welcome to the Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku, and together with Nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. Hey, 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 welcome to another live episode of the Thriving Advisors Podcast. With me today, I have Dion Pouncil of Pouncil Capital. Dion, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Glad to have you on there. We're chopping it up in the green room, just trying to get to know each other a little bit better. So I'm excited to dig in and for our viewers to get to know you a little bit, learn a little bit about your backstory. Uh, learn about what you guys are up to, because what you're doing, I think, is pretty unique. So why don't we start there? Tell us about what Pounce or Capital is doing, maybe at a high level, and then we'll dig in deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, thank you so much. So my name is Dion Pounce, and I am the Principal and Chief Investment Officer of Pounce Capital, which is a systematic hedge fund. So what that simply means is that we have computer programs and computer algorithms that we've created that trade in the financial markets for us. So I come up with ideas and trading strategies, which we break down into a step-by-step process. And then I have a team of quantitative engineers, quantitative developers, and quantitative analysts that work with me to program these uh, trading strategies into algorithms, and then we release them into the financial markets. Then they run fully autonomously, essentially, 22 to 24 hours a day, depending on what markets we're trading. That's fascinating. So um, a lot of our viewers are becoming attuned to the whole idea of Web 3.0, which is the, you know, the, the metaverse and augmented reality and just everything that technology is doing. What a lot of our viewers may not recognize is that same level of transformation is also coming into the financial services space. So why don't you share a little bit about what that has been like in terms of how it's evolved and how you guys chose to not lag behind, uh, but actually be very strategic in uh, implementing that technology into what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so first and foremost, you mentioned just the financial industry, but 
the world is in a what I call a forced upgrade <laughs> right <laughs> now. <laughs> right. So uh, we are all, whether we like it or not, being upgraded into the digital first, the technological first world. Yep. Um, and so uh, the thing is, is <laughs> Ricky Bobby said, if you're not first, you're last. Right. <laughs> um, and so what we're what we're aiming to do is first and foremost, educate and inform. Whether that is the novice all the way up to the professional and institutional trader, right? Because we believe that information and access uh, pretty much is a humane right um, that everybody should have. And then after you're informed and you're educated about it, you can make the conscious and willful choice to say, okay, let me just use this tool to design a lifestyle that I want to live. Let me use this tool to... Um, create retirement plans and income, or let me create this, let me use these tools to create generational wealth, right? So once you understand and you are informed and educated about the topics, then you can say, okay, now that I know where I want to go, um, I need some skills, I need some tools to get there. Sure. So we've created a basically a vertically integrated platform that you are able to touch everybody from the novice trader who doesn't know anything about the capital markets all the way to the professional. So you can take a course that we've provided and create it, or you can invest into the Council Capital Fund uh, where we will put our skill set and trade uh, for you um, with the goal to produce returns. Interesting. Uh, so let's stay with the industry a little bit because our, our industry has evolved quite a bit. Uh, back in the 90s, you know, all you had to do was fog up a mirror. And as long as you bought something that was in the web space, you know, you was going to see 100% returns in a matter of weeks or months, right? Right. Um, and then we shifted to, you know, a, a, a bit of a reckoning with the tech bubble and, you know, people going back to maybe fundamental investing and looking at stocks and then even transitioning to mutual funds to make it even easier to, uh, take advantage of professional money management. And then now you're talking about quantitative and, you know, advanced tech. I mean, like some people might be zoning out, you know, hedge funds. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I don't even make enough money to do that. So let's, as Denzel would say, break it down like a four-year-old and, and talk, let's make the case for using quantitative analysis and artificial intelligence and why that is the wave of the future. Yeah. And something you don't want to miss out on. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up some great points, right? From dial up to, to the metaverse, right? Um, if you think about first and foremost, you know, what an algorithm is, an algorithm simply is a step by step process that is able to be uh, followed and or automated. Okay, so um, let's look at an algorithm as brushing your teeth, you might have a morning routine. So you get out of the bed, you walk to the restroom, you use the restroom, you pick up your toothbrush, you put toothpaste on it, and you brush your teeth. That's a step-by-step -step process. Now, because you're doing some things that require human engagement, you can't necessarily automate it all. But in your mind, that process is easily repeated and done, and it is automated, right? Or breathing or walking, right? You started out wanting to walk but you were craw crawling first and then you tried and you tried and it was a conscious thought, like I want to walk. And then you did everything you needed to do and you learned how to walk. And now you don't think 
about walking, right? And that is simply how an algorithm works. So we can look at that as that's where we are now, but if we backtrack, we can say, well, how did we get here, right? So trading and investing has been around since the beginning of time. Back in the day, we used to barter and trade, right? You had cows, I had chickens. And so we wanted to trade with each other. We had to identify how many chickens would I accept to give you one cow, right? And that is trade. And that is the transaction of trading. Yeah. And so over time, we developed money to simplify that process. Instead of calculating how many chickens and how many cows, we came up with coins. So coins were the first type of money, right? And so we used coins that you perceived as valuable and I perceived as valuable. And we both agreed that that represented a certain amount of value. And so we had coins. And then as civilization evolved, we developed notes. So we had literally written IOU notes that we used to represent the amount of money that would be transferred from bank account to bank account represented by that bank note. Okay. And then bank notes grew into dollars mm -hmm. and dollars began to have value because they were substantiated by something called the gold standard. And so the gold standard or gold was backing the dollar. So now this physical note had some support saying that if you transfer or exchange this physical banknote or this dollar at this bank, you'll get that amount of weight in gold back. Okay. And in, in America in 1933, we came off with a gold standard. And in 1971, we became an actual currency. Okay. And so the root word of currency is current. Mm -hmm. And the root word of current is cur. And cur literally means energy. So your money is energy, okay? And we teach a lot about this in the course about mindset and managing your energy and things of that nature. So the US dollar and most of the major world currencies are currencies and they're no longer backed by a physical commodity. What this evolution did for us is it allowed us to speed up the transfer of money. And so with the creation of the internet, we're now moving things at literally the speed of light, okay? So when we look at the evolution of money, now we're in a digital age where Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum and other currencies are literally being created out of thin air. Yeah. Well, in 1971, the US dollar being transferred to a currency, literally it was being created out of <laughs> air, right? So when we understand that it's been a while for a while, but now we're getting this force upgrade. Sure. So if you understand some of the simple principles about money, and we understand some of the simple principles about trading, uh, we can see how they've been combined uh, around the world for a long time. Okay. And so now we look at trading. What we, we talked about money a little bit, but let's talk about trading. So there is a difference between investing and trading. Investing is more buy and hold long term. And I believe that this company or entity will be around. I want to buy low today with the goal of either holding it for generational wealth or selling it in the future at a higher price for profit. That is investing 101. Okay. But the levels of trading you have after investors, you have some active traders. So you could think as investing more as a passive thing, mm -hmm. and you could look at trading as more of as an active thing. Okay. So when you talk about trading, there are a couple of categories. 
you have position traders. Um, these are people who uh, build positions over time. They might buy one contract here or one share here, 10 shares there, 100 shares there. And they're looking to build a position in a specific instrument or a specific asset or a specific share or stock over time. Okay. After position traders, you have um, swing traders. And these swing traders are looking to build up positions, but they're going to be holding these positions between one to three weeks, roughly, as they begin to swing trade, looking to buy low um, and sell high or sell high and buy low in that swing position. After swing trading, you have day trading. So these people are a little bit more active and they are actively trading mostly every day. And the longest they will hold a position is between one to three days. OK, those are day traders. The next level, you have scalpers. This is where it starts to get a little faster. Yeah. These people are in and out of trades between one second and one day. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so this is called scalping. And these people are some, these people are some human traders, but this is where you start to get a little bit closer to the technology because of the speed that they want to move at. All right. And then after scalpers, um, you have algorithmic traders who they don't do any human trading, but they trade, they train their algos to trade during certain periods of time. And these people or these algorithms are trading between um, one tenth of a millisecond to a second. Okay, those are algorithmic traders. And then next you have high frequency traders. So high frequency traders, uh, which is pretty much the last realm of trading, these people are literally trading at the speed, very, very close to the speed of light, meaning that their algorithms can scan the market, get into a trade, manage the trade, and exit the trade in sub seconds. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, uh, Pouncil Capital, we're in the algorithmic world. We're not quite um, HFT, high frequency trading, but we definitely are much faster at scalping. We're at about eight milliseconds right now. It's probably our fastest algorithm um, between yeah, between about five and eight milliseconds. So that is the kind of the breakdown of the trading world and investing mm -hmm. world and the money world and those uh, where everyday people collide. That was a mini masterclass on the history of money <laughs> and the transition of fiat currency to digital currency. So thank you for doing that, man. That was brilliant. Um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your background. What were you doing before you stepped into the space and how did that prepare you for what you're doing now? Yeah, I love, you know, your messaging of helping people transition because I've lived about 10 people's lives. OK, um, the first 20 years of my life, everything I did was looking to be a Hall of Fame Major League Baseball player. So um, originally from the south side of Chicago and I went to school in New York on a baseball scholarship, actually. And uh, so I played Little League, high school, college, and some independent professional baseball, basically from two to 22, 23 years old. Nice. And then I transitioned into the professional world. Um, and so I've done everything from outside sales to starting an agency um, to developing apps. And all of those things um, came to fruition and really helped me get into technology, which led me to California. And so I split time between L.A. and Palo Alto uh, doing everything around the tech. So starting companies, consulting for startups, raising capital in SPVs or syndicates for companies, 
Um, and all those things led me to being recruited by a venture capital firm in LA. And so I ended up working at a venture capital firm in LA and that venture capital firm had two sides of the house. They had venture and they had trading. And after uh, some time on the VC side of the house, I started to migrate towards the trading side. And that was also the time that I met uh, the young lady who's now my lovely wife. And she had been a trader since she was 16. And mm -hmm. so we just went really hard um, on the trading and investing. And in 2018, I decided, you know what? I really want to take this to the next level and start my own hedge fund. And so in 2018, I started working on that. And uh, we will be launching Council Capital later uh, in Q2 of this year. So very, very excited about that. Um, and that's pretty much how we got here. It's phenomenal. phenomenal. It's such a well-rounded background, man, because a lot of the, the disciplines and skill sets that you acquired along the way, to be a founder, those are things that you'd hire out, right? And, you know, the smartest person in the room knows that they're really not the smartest person in the room, but that they've surrounded themselves with a lot of people that are much smarter than they are. But you have, like, um, first-level knowledge of what five or six other experts you might have around the table to help support what you're doing. Uh, so that's, that's such an advantage. Uh, yeah. Speaking of advantages, I know you said you guys are at the algo space between the different tranches of what you could be doing in our industry. Do you consider that to be part of your, uh, you know, unique value proposition, unique selling proposition, or is there more to it than that? And are you guys niched in that space or are you doing all the others as well? Yes. So to answer those two part questions, first and foremost, I do believe the teamwork makes the dream work. Right. So, yes, I might be um, the visionary and the lead trader and investor here. But yes, I am very big on surrounding myself around other brilliant people and uh, setting definite goals and working towards them. And I think that also plays a role from my baseball background, you know, wanting to be the best shortstop or second baseman and every other teammate wanting to be the best at their position, but we're all collectively working to win the game or win the championship. So mm -hmm. those skills and things like that are definitely transferable. Uh, when it comes to um, the second part of the question, as far as promissory capital being a systematic algorithmic hedge fund, uh, yes, there are levels to hedge funds as well. So there are about 7,000 uh, hedge funds are on the planet, okay? Um, $73 trillion were invested into hedge funds alone last year. Now, the data that also sticks out to me is that out of those 7,000 hedge firms and out of that $73 trillion, mm -hmm. uh, less than 1% of that capital was allocated to minority-led uh, hedge funds. So, Literally every day that council capital is doing something, it's making history, which yeah. I think is great, but I also think it's slightly unfortunate, right. right? So those are things that we are always uh, in tune with and understand. Now, just talking about industry 101, and you mm -hmm. talk about the 7,000 type of hedge funds, you can split them up. Um, they're discretionary where the humans are still trading. Mm -hmm. And then there's pretty much non-discretionary where the algos are trading. Some hedge funds are a hybrid where they might uh, have algorithms that are running, but they're still managed by uh, the human trader. And so you got a kind of a hybrid. So that kind of really splits the industry. Now, when you get into algo and systematic and quantitative, yes, those hedge funds are different. 
And obviously we are biased. We think that we're a little better and our algos perform better than the human can. Um, but yes, those, those are some of the, the dividing factors. And when you're looking at professional investors or institutional investors, they have buckets that they are looking to allocate to. So they might allocate to discretionary. They might allocate to non-discretionary. They might allocate to algo. They might allocate to systematic. They might algo. They might uh, allocate to quantitative. Yeah. And then based off of your approach, they might say, you know what? I want to invest into a futures fund. I want to invest into an equities fund. I want to invest into a Forex fund or a bond or a crypto. So they begin to add these filters on the things that they want to allocate funds for. And what you specialize in as a hedge fund is what you are presenting them or presenting to the market. And that will help to identify the allocators to you and you to the allocators so that eventually you guys can decide if you want to end up working together and they will invest in your fund and you begin to trade as a human or as a, a managing your algorithms. And obviously the goal is to generate returns. Yeah. You talked a little bit about uh, your bias and uh, performance and um, having grown up in this industry a bit, you know, I, way back you know, we'd, we'd create plans around trying to catch up and keep up with the S&P 500. So if you could hit seven or eight percent per year, you were kind of knocking it out the box. Now with the advent of technology and just a plethora of different ways that you can make money work for you, um, you know, my clients know it's not unheard of to be in a position where rather than 7% per year, you could actually be doing that on a monthly basis. So if you're at liberty to share, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about what I'd call, you know, in my book, I call it the mom and dad plan, old school investing, right? And some of those historic benchmarks and, uh, you know, performance measures that we've kind of accepted as the norm. How does that compare to what you guys are doing in your space right now? Yeah, so you bring us a good point so that people understand what he's asking. There's a difference between index funds and like Council Capital is a absolute return fund. Right. So historically, the S&P 500 returns seven to 10 percent uh, annually. So if you put in one hundred thousand dollars, you can not expect or think that it's guaranteed. But on average, it will return you seven thousand dollars for every one hundred thousand dollars you have for absolute returns. The only thing we focus in on is returns. So, right. if, you, <laughs> so if you put in one hundred thousand we don't want to set a limit to how much you can make daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Uh, our goal is to drive up returns as high as possible. Now, of course, we don't want to perform below the industry standards or the benchmarks, but those are the main two differences, uh, index-based benchmarks funds and absolute funds. So we are an absolute return fund. Um, we do have... Uh, management fees to a certain extent, and we do have performance fees to a certain extent. Certain extent. Uh, if you are interested in those, please visit council.com <laughs> that we'll talk about more in-depthly. Um, but what we like to do is we like to educate and we like to inform, and then we tell people, you know, what we are doing, and we give a little bit in, a little bit of insight into our algorithmic approach and, and a little bit of insight into what our goals are for performance. So to give people an apples to apples comparison, an index fund is looking to do around seven to 
What I'm about to tell you is not the norm, but you sure the difference, okay? There is a company by the name of Renaissance Technology that is ran by the Quant Goat, as I like to call him. He is the Michael Jordan of quantitative investing. Um, and he has returned on average over 60% for the last 30 years straight. Mm. Now, again, again, that's not average. That is not normal, um, but it is crushing the S&P 500 and they are an absolute return fund. Okay. So, or that medallion fund is an absolute return fund. So just to give you guys an example of what the, what the possibilities are, especially when you're informed and educated and know where to put your money in the type of vehicles that can drive the type of returns that you are uh, looking for. And so most people, even other hedge fund managers wouldn't bring up other hedge fund managers and talk about their returns. But I am very big on informing people and especially um, people who look like me or are from places that I am from that the possibilities are endless and money is literally limitless and it is energy and it is a tool. So once you are educated and informed, then it does become your responsibility to be able to know where is the best place that I should put my money um, to have it work for me, whether that's council capital or any other place on the planet. Fred, you know, we talk a lot about the impact of technology in this space and whether it's, you know, on the quantitative side, the algos, AI software, all of that, the, the flip side of that from a risk management perspective is, you know, it feels like every other month we're hearing some story about a security breach and, and just how as, as advanced as technology is becoming and what it can do, uh, it's also continually opening up doors for hackers and just exposing to all kinds of risks. What are you guys doing as a company to try to mitigate, minimize that exposure uh, to being at the forefront of technological revolution in the industry? Yeah, I'm glad you actually used the word mitigate because scammers are going to scam. That's right. <laughs> Thieves are going to thieve. And, you know, people are going to continue to try as long as technology and long as the world is innovating and continuing to grow people are going to look to um do their part to do less mm. and try to ride on the backs of other people so destroying it or eliminating it is honestly not realistic so mitigating is the right approach now i am a firm believer that cybersecurity is the number one threat to all of humanity this is beyond trade and investing this is beyond the financial market this is literally, you know, life and a uh, global thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because because we are being in a we're in the middle of a forced upgrade and everything is going digital first. Anything that touches the Internet, anything that is a technological thing is a human man-made thing. So by default, it has some defects. And then anything that is touched by technology is a computer program and essentially has the potential to be hacked. So we take our cybersecurity extremely seriously. We actually have, uh, we work with one of the top cybersecurity firms uh, in the industry to help keep ourselves and our clients protected uh, because at the end of the day, your information is your digital footprint, Mm. right? And so... Um, If we're talking about people investing their cash or their income or their retirement, you want to take those things 
very, very seriously. And so we, the core, what AI is a, is a buzzword, right? Um, it's artificial intelligence. But at the end of the day, artificial intelligence is actually just machine learning. Yeah. Um, and in different degrees. And so what machine learning is, is you are literally taking information you are plugging it into the machine and there are algorithms that are programmed to train based on the information that you are learning and to use that information to calculate and make high probability decisions hmm. towards the um, desired outcome. And so over time and over thousands and thousands and millions and millions of data points, these computers never forget and these computer algorithms will follow the same instructions. So one of our algorithms uh, can make a million decisions per second, okay? So we can put a million data points in there. Mm -hmm. It's never gonna forget those data points. It's gonna know exactly what those data points say, what those data points mean, and the reference back to that data point when it needs to be used towards the desired outcome. And so those things are extremely important. And because of that, you can create layers to protect that. And it's really about stacking the deck in your favor, which machine learning does that, right? And if you can right. go through a million data points in a nanosecond, I mean, think about how long it'd take a human being to call through the library and try to get all those data points, yet alone analyze, synthesize, and you know, put themselves in the position to make a decision about it, so. Exactly. In life, you're always looking, I mean, all throughout school, we, we learn to try to figure out what the edge is and get a competitive edge. And, and that's what machine learning is doing. Exactly. Um, you know, we can geek out on the subject, obviously, you and I both have a passion about this. Uh, but what I love about what you're doing is you've created a service and a solution that meets people wherever they are at, from the institutional investor to the hedge fund uh, you know, investor client to the 16 year old <laughs> who's, you know, geeking out about buying their first stock and all that other stuff. Why don't yeah. you share a little bit about some of those solutions and those options that you make available for people uh, just so they get a more broader perspective as to where they feel like they could find their niche should they decide they want to, you know, explore a potential relationship with your firm? Yeah, starting at the beginning, um, like you said, our youngest student is 16 years old. So we have Money School, uh, moneyschool.com. So that's M-O-N-E-Y-S-K-O-O-L. All right, we're making it cool to learn about money. Um, essentially, it is a $19.99 a month uh, subscription. And think of it as, you know, the Netflix uh, for trading and investing. So we've created a world where people can escape from where they currently are and arrive at the lifestyle that they want to design. And so if you are a, a novice trader, you don't know anything about the capital markets, you think it's only for smart people, only for rich people, we're here um, to make that simple uh, so that you can understand it and that you can apply it, right? And so we have the video tutorials and we have uh, the courses um, uh, that start at $9.99, okay? And these courses are a little bit more advanced, but now you've at least went through um, the intro tier to say, this is something I'm interested in. This is something I want to learn about. Mm -hmm. And then you could take the courses to say, okay, now I want to learn practical skills and practical tools and practical tips that I can now use um, to generate some income, to generate um, some revenue and to potentially 
start to design the lifestyle that I want to live. And then as you grow through the advanced courses and you learn about other topics and things of that nature, you can say, wow, this is something that I really like. This is something that I'm really passionate about. And you can choose, do I want to do this on a daily basis? Do I want to do this so that it frees up my ability to travel? Does it, does I want to, do I want to have a side income? Do I want to use this capital to invest into a business or to real estate or my brand that I'm looking to build? And then next, you know, something that I think no matter what level you are at, you should have a long-term investing goal, thinking about building generational wealth. And that's what this is really about saying that, hey, you should have the freedom and flexibility to choose what you want. You should have the information and the access to be able to understand and be informed about this knowledge. And then you should be able to use it how you see fit for the lifestyle that you decide that you want to design. And that's what we have. So we basically have a vertically integrated system that you can come into the ecosystem and you can learn, you can earn, and you can return, uh, which is my life motto, or you can graduate all the way up. If you're already a private uh, professional investor or institution investor, you can invest alongside of council capital and, and uh, we can focus on generating you know, risk-adjusted performance metric-based returns. Fantastic. So I want to take you back. You are, I didn't ask this earlier on, but I'm going to guess your age. I'm going to say late 30s. I just turned 34 last Monday. Really? All right. So I was off by two, three years. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I want to take you back to when you were 18 years old, your 18-year-old self. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, probably, you know, felt like you could take on the world, probably felt like you knew everything. But, you know, as we all know, we're we're young whippersnappers who don't know nearly as much as we think we know. Right. But given the wisdom that you've garnered with just a you know very diverse um, career path that you've had, if you were to distill um, one piece of critical advice that you'd share with your 18-year-old self that you felt like would significantly impact the trajectory of his path moving forward, what would that advice be now? Uh, the advice would be continue down the path of the thirst for knowledge um, that I have. I've, I've always had it. I'll share a story if you got some time. Sure. Uh, when I was about five years old, I was raised uh, in a very uh, spiritual Christian house. But one story stuck out to me, stuck out to me. I was told the story of Solomon, King Solomon. And I was thrown back by the story because he had this kid who had the opportunity to talk to God. And God said, you know, Solomon, I'll grant you any wish that your heart desires and Solomon asked God for wisdom Mm -hmm. and because of that God said because you've asked that and you didn't ask for riches or glory or jewels I will bless you beyond measure and and Solomon became the richest person ever to live on the planet um, the story goes and so at five years old I remember going home that night and saying that prayer like I just want wisdom and so now I look back on my life. One of my uh, commitments to myself is I read a minimum of a book a week. And I've been doing that every week for the last eight years uh, when I transitioned out of baseball. And you just the traditional way, hard book, or you got audio I'm book? A physical, I'm a physical book You're guy. Physical. <laughs> I need to see Nothing it. like the crispness of the pages turning, right? I need to see it, feel it, touch it. <laughs> the book. So, um, you know, I was saying to my 18 year old self, I would say, continue that thirst of knowledge. But then I would also say, 
tailor the focus a little bit more towards finances. And here's the reason why I'll say that. Obviously, you can say I'm biased now because I'm in the industry, but I'm a firm believer that you can't do anything on this planet alone, and you can't do anything on this planet without finances. You can have the greatest tech idea, the greatest real estate idea, the greatest medical idea, the greatest business, the greatest anything. You need capital. Yeah. Right. So for me, information, access, capital, okay, and energy are the four things that run the planet. And maybe not necessarily in that order, but those are the four most important things to me that run the planet. And so because money is energy, you really need to understand energy. Energy is it covers all of these things. But the actual money now is physical and digital, and you need to know what it is. You need to know how it's used. You need to know how to manage it, and you need to know how to grow it. And so I would have told my 18-year-old self, have the thirst for knowledge, but also be a little biased towards finance so you can understand the money game um, and play it well. I like it. Information, what you know. Access, who you know capital what makes the world go around and then energy uh which i'll let you fill in the blanks for that one is a nice little little note but no uh i couldn't agree with you more those are four critical concepts and principles that are sort of universal in nature they don't discriminate they don't favor one over the other and if you embrace them and uh you know make them a part of who you are they certainly will serve you well uh, as we end the show, uh, for those who are listening and watching, who've been moved by the wisdom, the knowledge that you've shared, um, your ability to kind of make things simple and are like, man, I need to learn more. Um, I need to figure out how I could, uh, you know, not only learn more, but maybe even partner with you guys. What's the most efficient way for them to do that? Yeah, so my name is Dion Pouncil, and on all my social media platforms, it's, ex- it's spelled the exact same way, D-I-O-N-P-O-U-N-C-I-L. Um, I'm very accessible and reachable on those. Uh, our systematic hedge fund website is simply pouncilcapital.com. So if you are an accredited investor or institutional investor interested in the um uh, exposure that we have to offer you can find, you can visit councilcapital.com and if you're interested in learning in any capacity um you can check out all things money school so on all the social media platforms and moneyschool.com m-o-n-e-y-s-k-o-o-l.com and i am very very confident there there is some financial education around trading and investing on that website that can touch anybody from if you've never known anything about trading or investing uh, until, unless you uh, up to just sharpening your skills uh, in the industry that you love. Fantastic. Well, Dion, it has been an absolute pleasure. I feel like we could chop it up for, for days. So perhaps we'll do a part two to this uh, podcast interview. Uh, thanks again for your time, for your attention. Really great having you as a guest. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Awesome. Well, folks, that wraps up this episode of the Thriving Advisors podcast. Until next time, stay blessed and we'll catch up with you real soon. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Thriving Advisors show. I'm Ike Ikoku and together with Nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. 
We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. 